Welcome to This Week in the State Line, a conversation with the local people and local topics you care about. This Week in the State Line, we've got a lot to get to. I am Steve Summers. Let's say good morning to Shauna Elamin, the Executive Director of the Downtown Beloit Association. Good morning, Shauna. How are you? Good morning. I'm good. How are you? Well, Beloit must be turning into a winter wonderland. There's so much coming up here for the holidays that we just had to jump on and and talk about it right away because you are a go, I understand, with the Grand Lighted Christmas Parade. Yes, we are. Um, We're doing the parade a little bit different this year. Um, It's in reverse. So the floats and the participants for the parade will be set up in the 3rd Street parking lot, which is on the corner of Grand and 3rd and 4th Street. Um, So we'll have them all set up and then cars, families full of cars can drive through the parade and look at all the floats and look at all the pretty lights and everything. So it's definitely a little different, but we still want to get in the holiday spirit. That's going to be one long conga line of cars coming through to see all the entries because it's so grand up there. Yeah, we're looking forward to it. We're hoping that it brings out, you know, everybody in our community has a chance to come through. All right. So this is November 27th. Yep. Day after Thanksgiving. Uh, it starts at 6 p.m. and we're going to go until 8 p.m. So same time frame as the regular market uh, parade would have been. Um, but we're just looking forward to having it still and, you know, being safe, taking all the safety measures that we need to take. And, um, you know, everybody's warm and cozy in their car, which is totally unique because yeah. <laughs> normally we freeze our tushes off. <laughs> or it rains and everything. It could be a whole different thing. <laughs> or it nightmare. rains yeah. or snows or sleets. <laughs> Sounds great. So this is kind of cool because entrance, and anybody can enter into this parade, which is great, uh, have to make a donation of food or some kind of cash donation this year, right? Yeah, so every year we give to Caritas, so all the float entrants, um, whether they're a business or whether they're a nonprofit, um, pay a different entry fee. Um, normally we, we collect non-perishable food items, but because of COVID, we're just asking for money. So that way Caritas can manage to get the most bang for their buck and also um, in a safe way. So how much does it cost to enter the parade? Not as a spectator, but as somebody who's got an actual static display. Yeah, so if you are a business, it's uh, $15, and if you're a nonprofit, it's $10. Oh, see, it's it's very uh, manageable, and you get exposure for your company, and at the same time, you're spreading goodwill and good cheer, which is all good. So it is quite the lighted parade. It's quite grand, and I know why you say grand, because it is big. It's good. It is, and normally we have upwards of about 30 floats participants, um, so we're planning for up to 50, so we're hopeful that... Um, you know, we still get the great community spirit going and um, people and their families still have an opportunity to come see Santa is going to land his sleigh at the parade um, and Mrs. Claus. So you can come see them, too. Ooh, can't wait to see how that happens. I can't wait. To be so, <laughs> so that is the Grand Lighter Parade again, November 27th in downtown Beloit. So tell us a little bit about the other festivities that you have planned, because um, you do a grand all over town for holidays. Well, thank you. Um, Yeah, so we're planning on a lot of stuff this season. Um, We are going to have our winter farmer's market. It's the first time we're doing it. Um, So our market is going to last from the first Saturday of November until the last Saturday of April. Um, So we're going to be six full months of Saturdays from nine to noon uh, here at our office, which is 557 East Grand Avenue, um, right downtown. And we're going to have 17 vendors uh, in 
inside our location. So while you might enjoy the outdoor farmer's market, the weather turns a little chilly. Um, so we wanted to do an indoor market. So we're excited about that. That is really unique. That's going to be uh, quite unique. And people are actually going to be like, well, something's going on. That's great. Yes. And, um, you know, still having produce, there's still lots of our farmers who are still able to uh, grow. They have greenhouses and then uh, we're able to have, you know, canned goods and uh, meats and cheeses still. So lots of good things to offer. And downtown Beloit is handling the coronavirus well. Businesses are still staying open. People are still utilizing downtown. Yeah, downtown is open and safe and, you know, ready for you to come down and shop local safely uh, throughout downtown Beloit. We have 170 businesses downtown, all of which are open for business um, and able to welcome you in. Uh, They, you know, are abiding by all the cleaning standards and all the safe social distancing standards. They're doing a great job. So come out and visit them. All right. So then other than the uh, Winter's Market and the Grand Lighter Parade, uh, what else is happening for Christmas? or at least downtown. So then we have our 17th annual Holidazzle. It's coming up on Friday, December 4th. It's from 5 to 9 p.m. We have more than 25 businesses throughout the downtown that stay open late um, for nighttime Christmas shopping, holiday shopping. Um, And if you grab a brochure at any of the businesses on Friday, December 4th, you'll be able to see all the great specials that everybody's going to have going on. Um, And then hopefully throughout all of that, We're going to be doing a lot of giveaways and a lot of um, gift card giveaways on our website. So if you check out downtownbeloit.com for any of those events um, and also for our gift card giveaways that we're going to be doing through the rest of the year. Wow. So we bring it up as we get into November this weekend that the Grand Lighted Parade is November 27th in Beloit and then the Winter's Farmer's Market and then, of course, the Holidazzle Business event coming up on December 4th. And you say, oh, that's in December, Steve. That's just around the corner. It's really getting close. It is. And, you know, the snow already started, so we got to get in the holiday spirit. Uh, last time we talked about the construction and stuff like that around there, that's all cleaned up now, ready to roll? Yep, everything's good now. Um, We have some apartments that are still being built. Um, That'll take place uh, from now until the beginning of the year. Um, And then we have our new Snappers uh, baseball stadium that's being built downtown. Um, So that's going well. I'm hoping that they're going to open up in like June or July of next year. That building Um, is unbelievable. (laughs) That looks like a major league stadium. Exactly. That's the standard that they're going for. It's definitely going to have all kinds of amenities. Wow, that's just grand. So, all right, again, uh, how do we sign up if we want to be an entry into the Grand Lighted Beloit Christmas Parade or Holiday Parade on November 27th? If you check our Facebook page, Downtown Beloit Association, or our Winter Farmers Market is on the Beloit Farmers Market Facebook page, either of those, um, you'll find all those events listed, and then it also has how to get involved. Shauna, always a pleasure to talk to you, and keep all the good things coming to Downtown Beloit. We love it. <laughs> Thank you. Appreciate it. Have a good day. You bet. And that's uh, This Week in the State Line. Back with more in a moment. My husband, Alex Hussey, was hit by an IED in Afghanistan. I was playing man on foot patrol, and I slept on the bomb. Lost my legs and my left hand in an explosion. And he suffered a severe traumatic brain injury. As America's veterans face challenges, DAV is there. There are so many mountains to climb, and we do it together. With the right support, more veterans can reach victories great and small. 
Seeing Alex learning how to snow ski, that's life-changing. DAV provides a lifetime of support to veterans of every generation, helping more than a million veterans each year. Alex did it. He skied down this mountain. That's something he won't forget. With the right support, there are no limits. To see him on that slope and smiling like that, we'll be taking this home. This has meant so much. Thank you, DAV. Alex Hussey, thank you for your service. Support more victories for veterans. Go to DAV.org. This weekend, the state line rolls on. I am Steve Summers, joined now by Lois Shores from the Vets 5K Run, which is coming up. Good morning, Lois. How are you? I'm great. Tell us a little bit about the Vets 5K Run because it's coming up. It's November 14th. All right. Um, yep, and a uh, little different this year. We've had our, our frustrations and our struggles, as uh, everyone has. So um, we're doing things a little bit different. Uh, we're trying to be safe. Uh, for everybody, and we've gotten uh, approval from the Winnebago County Health Department. And what we're going to do this year is uh, uh, on November 14th, starting at 9 a.m., um, we're going to do waves. So we're going to have two different start lines. Each start line is going to alternate 30 minutes apart. So each start line will start 15 minutes from each other. So we're going to have waves going off every 15 minutes. So we'll, we'll only have, you know, less than 50 people in each wave. So at one point in time, we'll only be, you know, less than 50 people, you know, there. So we can social distance safely. Uh, everybody's got to wear their masks. Uh, everybody has to sign a waiver, have a temperature check. Um, so we're trying to do this you know, put the event on, you know, raise money for the Veterans Drop-In Center, um, but do it in a safe way um, for everybody. We're still trying to, you know, uh, do some of the normal veteran things that we, you know, we like to do. We want to get our the 21-gun salute out there, and we still have our cool dog tag uh, awards that we're going to give out, you know, afterwards. We, we can't have an award ceremony. We want to rush people in and rush people out. Um, but we still have the dog tag awards, and we have our um, really cool uh, challenge coin uh, finisher medal, which this is the second year we've done um, the challenge coin finisher medals. They, I don't know if you're aware, but in the military, you can get a get or give a challenge coin if if you feel like someone's done something good or uh, maybe had a good accomplishment so we feel like um, if you get the run done if you do something good we're gonna we're gonna award you with this challenge coin at the end of the run so those look good um, yeah we're just trying to to get it done in these crazy times and be safe about it and make money for the veterans drop-in center so just to be clarified for everybody you have to run with a mask on correct no okay you do not you have to wear a mask everywhere else and then when you once you get into the start start shoot area um at that time we will tell you you know masks off you can uh you have to hold on to your mask you know stuff it in your pocket whatever you can run without your mask. Our our course is um, kind of like a, a loop course, so it's not like you're going to be running side by side. Um, it's not like an out and back. So there's just a real short area where um, maybe less 
eighth mile maybe or so that you will be passing each other um, going out and coming back. Yeah. So you can step off in the grassy area. So it's a real, a real good course for that. But no, um, you do not have to run with your mask on. You have to put it back on when you get back in um, and wear it beforehand. But no, you do right. not have to run with it on. So the Vets 5K run is November 14th. Where is it going to be held? Where is the course at? It's at Sports Corps 1 um, in Rockford uh, out on Elmwood Road. Um, they okay. do a great job out there. Um, How do you sign up for the run? Uh, the easiest way, I think, would to do it, you can either go to Run Sign Up or you can go to the veteransdropincenter.com, and there's a link there. Um, you can go to our Facebook page, um, Veterans Drop In uh, 5K, and you can sign up there. But uh, if you want to see what the Drop-In Center is all about, you know, just go to Veterans Drop-In Center, uh, dot com and, and check that out, and you can see what they're all about, see, see, sure. see some of their wish list, uh, um, the history, the mission. Um, you know, the, the 5K is the biggest fundraiser of the year for them, so it is kind of a, an important um, event. How much does it cost to be a runner? Um, it's $30, mm-hmm. and that includes, um, a, we have a nice tri-blend uh, long sleeve running shirt. And we have the finisher medal, um, some cool swag. We have a running buff, um, uh, like a backpack bag, um, some Bomba socks. Who doesn't love Bomba socks? Um, so, yeah. It's one of the best run uh, 5Ks in the state line, and it's for veterans, so that makes it even more special. Is this the first run that is actually being held in the area? Because I know COVID wiped out a lot of different runs. No, um, there, there's been a couple. Um, Not as many as previous years, though. No, gosh, no. Um, it's, it's, it's a lot of work. Um, to, to, you a lot know, of hoops to jump that, through, probably, to get, get it off the yes, ground, yeah. Yes, and, and, you know, to get approval from the Winnebago County Health Department was not easy. And, um, you know, and then the hoops you have to jump through and then with getting insurance and all that, it's, it's, it's a lot more difficult. But there have been a few runs that have happened. I know there's a one this weekend. Um, I think it's the Frontline OCR. It's in Byron. Um, but, yeah, there's not been as many. Right. And, you know. So my point gonna, was is that there's a lot of runners out there just itching getting that scratch itched of running in a, in a run somewhere, a 5K somewhere, and this could be the one. November 14th, Veterans 5K Drop-In Center run. Uh, you sign up at veteransdropincenter.com. 30 bucks to get in. You get all kinds of treats. And uh, the fact that you're going to be helping out the Veterans Drop-In Center, which is truly amazing. Um, they take care of veterans who live in the area who um, just having a little hard time connecting in after service, correct? Yes. Yes. It's a... Uh, um, you know, a safe, supportive, positive social environment where they can come in, they can have services, they can get a haircut, they can watch TV, they get meals, they can um, get clothing, um, they can get service referrals, you know, to other VA resources. It's, it's, it's a really good really good place for them. And here is your chance to be a part of it again. November 14th, the Veterans 5K Run, Veterans Drop-In 
Center.com for more details. Thank you so much, Lois, for sharing some information and insight this morning. Uh, we thank you for your service, many hours to put this run on when it could have been a whole lot easier just to say, well, not going to happen this year. Uh, you're making it happen. So thank you on behalf of all the veterans. Yeah, thank you, Steve. And I do want to mention that if if you are not comfortable running in person, we are also offering a virtual option. So well, that, that one I may be able to do very well at, <laughs> but you do have yeah. to actually do it. <laughs> yeah, there you go. But you can take your time. You can do it however long you want. That is great. Well, thank you so much, Lois. This week in the State Line will continue in a moment. The COVID-19 pandemic continues to weigh on us all as it spreads across communities throughout the United States. With the spread comes worry, anxiety, and a feeling of helplessness and even hopelessness. During times like these, it's easy to feel you have no control, while in reality, there is much we can do to protect ourselves, our families, our friends, all of us. Creating new habits takes practice, but good habits can help control this virus, and together we can slow the spread. Remember to wear a mask and keep six feet of space between yourself and others when you go out in public. Wash your hands often and stay home if you are sick. When you protect yourself, you protect us all. Together we can slow the spread. Go to cdcfoundation.org to learn more about ways to combat COVID-19. That's cdcfoundation.org to learn more. Time to grab a comfy seat and a cup of coffee. It's time to chat with Rockford Mayor Tom McNamara. Good morning, Tom. How are you? I'm doing great, Steve. Thanks so much for having me on again. Well, here we are, Halloween weekend, trick-or-treating in Rockford, 530 to 730. Have you gotten any kind of pushback from people saying, how could we do this, or has it just been the opposite, positive? We've had a lot of positive, I would say far more positive, and certainly that, you know, there's people on both sides of this issue, so we have had some concerned uh uh, folks, and it's okay, though. We'll move through it. We've had uh, people on both sides of pretty much every decision over the last year. Yeah, amen to that. Uh, face covering, social distancing, and again, you don't have to go if you don't want to go. So, that, Absolutely, and a big thing to know is uh, if you don't want trick-or-treaters at your door, there's really two things that you can be doing. One, make sure that your front porch light is turned off. Two, we did uh, post a sign that you could place on your door uh, to let let little kiddos know that your home is not available for trick-or-treating this year. And you can get that through the City of Rockford website? Facebook page. Facebook page. All right, so you can check that out. Well, let's start off by bringing everybody up to speed on COVID-19. The numbers are going in the wrong direction. Uh, I'm sure you'll say the same thing, face masks and social distancing. Uh, I'll be honest with you, sir. I've been out, and I've seen more face masks than I ever have, and the numbers keep going up. Yeah, it's it's really frustrating to see. With so many Rockfordians are really doing everything that they can, wearing the face mask, washing their hands, practice social distancing. You know, I, I think one area that I think we can all improve on, if there is an area there, is those small private social gatherings. And that's, you know, uh, when a, a couple of couples get together or uh, kids hang out, uh, just it's so easy to drop your guard when you're around family, when you're around close friends. Uh, and just make sure that you're keeping your guard up, wearing your face covering. I know it doesn't seem right when you're next to your best friend and you're out uh, with just a handful of really close-knit couples, 
but those are the things that we're seeing where cases are really starting to spread. And I know a lot of the restaurant tours, the uh, businesses in town are very frustrated. I'm sure you're getting an earful every day. Uh, you did send some information out to the governor asking for some, you know, releasing of the restaurants, but I don't think that's going to happen if the number keeps going up, right? Yeah, so I don't think uh, he's going to release any numbers. But I, I'll say a couple of things. One, yesterday the business interruption grants from the state did start to hit the bank accounts of many of the restaurants in our community. Uh, I would say the second thing is the city of Rockford, just to be really clear, for enforcement, the things that we are going to be monitoring for enforcement include face coverings, people wearing their face coverings, two, practicing social distancing, and three, making sure that we have contact information for contact tracing. Those are the three areas that we're going to be spending uh, the vast majority of our time enforcing. We have a very limited staff, especially now with COVID. And so we are trying to put our staff in a position to make the greatest impact with the few number of staff that we have for enforcement. And that's the, those are the three areas. I will say if someone has an, an incredibly egregious uh, violation of indoor dining, you know, you have 100 people in your place and none of them are wearing face coverings, uh, we'll certainly uh, hit them with a violation. But our staff is going to be focusing on the face covering, the social distancing, and the reservations so that we can do better job of contact tracing. But at this point, that's pretty much all we have to defend against COVID-19 are the face masks and distancing. It really is. So as far as the frustrations, a lot of other residents are frustrated over the casino announcement that there won't be anything for another six months. And you stressed your frustration as well on social media. Absolutely, Steve. It is uh, maddening to say the least. I mean, you think about it. The state gave the city of Rockford 120 days to do really an unprecedented amount of work. And our staff did a tremendous job. We sent down a unanimously selected international brand and only sent down one option. And so what we are doing is asking Illinois Gaming Board to first take those licenses that and for municipalities that only sent down one casino operator, as opposed to some cities sent down two or three and told the Illinois Gaming Board, you choose which one wins. But we did all of that work here locally for them. Now they just need to investigate it, make sure that we did everything properly, which I'm uh, 100% sure we did, and they need to investigate each one of the owners, which uh, I think at this point should have been done by now. But we'll continue to put pressure on them. We need that open. It means 1,800 jobs, 800 construction, and 1,000 permanent, and that 1,000 permanent with an average wage of 50000 or more. It would sure be nice to have that construction, that shot in the arm from a revenue standpoint for our community right now as we battle COVID-19. Because the frustration comes, a lot of people are Zooming and and doing, you know, virtual conversations. They can still happen. Do we have to wait six months until they reconvene? That's got to be the frustrated part. So they'll continue to reconvene every month is my assumption. But I, I share that same frustration. I mean, what I sent over to the governor's office was pretty clear. I said, you know, since COVID-19 uh, began, the city of Rockford has not missed a single city council meeting. We have not missed a single city obligation. And so to understand that and understand, Steve, that we have one-third less staff than all of our comparable cities and we still have done all of this work, 
I think the Illinois Gaming Board can approve these casinos. Because if we wait six months for the approval, then you have to wait another six months for the construction. I mean, we're talking uh, construction that was supposed to start in 2021, correct? Or maybe even late 2020. Now it will be pushed off another year. So for the temporary casino, I really believe that it'll take about 90 to 120 days to get that completed. Uh when you're looking at the permanent casino, I think that's going to take two years for sure. And, and the temporary uh, casino would be um, Giovanni's is what you're referring to. Absolutely. And I, we've had discussions with uh, individuals from Hard Rock. They are ready to go. Uh, they ha- literally have equipment in semis ready to come to Rockford. <laughs> All right. Well, I think, is there anything the public can do to put pressure on the board to get this approved quicker? Most likely not. Just being realistic uh, with everyone, I think you could certainly send a letter to the governor and to the Illinois Gaming Board uh, administrator and board. Uh, but realistically, that'll probably have a limited impact. All right. Great. Um, anything I missed that you would like to bring up as we get into the... Uh Next month of November, about voting. I found out that RMTD is giving free rides to the voting booths. I think that's awesome. It, it really is wonderful. And, yes, yeah, Steve, there's a ton going on. I would say this past Monday, and actually I'll talk about it this coming up Monday, right at City Council, I am, asked, I am asking City Council to approve no increase in our property taxes. And so that'll come up on Monday. That's a huge deal. That means uh, for the four years I've been mayor, that means that we have never increased property taxes, and actually we've decreased them two of those years. I am also asking city council to rebate 50% of liquor license renewal costs to our restaurants and bars as they're going through an incredibly difficult time with COVID-19 and the additional mitigation, state-mandated mitigation efforts. Another item that we're pushing through is a mental health co-responder initiative. We started the uh, program, but we need to get the final paperwork done through city council. And so I'm eager for that to take place. And the last thing is we are due to get cannabis revenue. And my feeling with that cannabis revenue is that it needs to be placed in the most distressed areas of our community. Those areas that quite honestly have long been forgotten. And we really need to invest in those areas from an economic and social empowerment uh, perspective. And so I believe all of those will get approved on Monday, and all four of those are, are major policy decisions by our city council that benefit all citizens of Rockford. The cannabis revenue, is that projected to be high? I mean, obviously, it'll be the first time you see anything, but I'm just curious. So we're looking at uh, roughly between 600000 and 800000 uh, per year. Excellent. That, that's extra found, newfound money, correct? It is. It's newfound money, and it's uh, money that we can invest in those hard-hit areas and invest in uh, not just economic development, but also social empowerment of uh, so many citizens that live in parts of our community uh, that have been hard-hit, and quite honestly, we just haven't historically invested in uh, those areas. Right. And the final thing I wanted to bring up was the Aldine Dam. That construction continues, and it is massive. What an undertaking. I also understand that there will not be any more writing on the concrete, or at least that's the thought. And you're looking for alternate locations to possibly express yourself? We are. We are. And yes, we don't want people writing on the brand new construction <laughs> out there. Uh, that would be a foolish thing. But we uh, uh, we understand that that's long been a wonderful place that people have expressed themselves. Uh, many student bodies have went out there. Uh, we, we are trying to find an alternative location, potentially right out there. We would create a concrete structure 
uh, for citizens uh, to express themselves. So uh, we're certainly cognizant that it, it was a great asset and a fun time for so many Rockfordians to go out there, especially with their classmates and, uh, and spray paint the dam. And so we are looking at uh, new avenues that they could do that. I think that's brilliant to put a big concrete wall which is safe height-wise, so people can get to the top of that. And it would be in a better position where more people could see it versus way back there around the corner of that bend of that dam. Absolutely. That's what we're thinking. That's brilliant. Very, very cool. So thank you very much for your time again this week, and uh, happy Halloween to you and your family. And uh, we'll see you in November when we start to talk about the holidays and the... Uh, Christmas card design campaign, that is still up and running for you, right? It certainly is, and I really can't believe that we're going to be talking in November. (laughs) It's mind-boggling, isn't it? Yeah. just goes by so fast. All right. Thank you, sir. And that's Rockford Mayor Tom McNamara on This Week in the State Line. Thanks for listening. Join us next Sunday morning at 6 for another edition of This Week in the State Line. Or subscribe to the podcast at rockfordradio.com. This Week in the State Line is produced by Midwest Family Illinois.